Welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. Okay, I would just like to, to say thank you guys so much for your patience. And of course, <laughs> the moment that we start recording, we have the honking outside. What a journey. It's been to get to this point. <laughs> Welcome to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New York. Welcome to that creative life. Um, and for, again, the two people who don't know what what's inside is, <laughs> Dan lead the way. And then I would love to hear, you know, the operation that you guys have going on. And uh, Hunter, you can kind of explain your role at what's inside. And we'll hop into it because I want to get dorky. I want to get analytic-y. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. So many things to talk about. So let's just hop into it, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Great. So yeah, thanks for having us. It's uh, a little background here is that we just sent a DM to Sarah about three hours ago and said, hey, we're we're going to be in New York for a few hours. Would love to come say hi. And then she's like, want to be on the podcast? And I'm like, yes, I would love to. So, and now you probably regret that because it took <laughs> no. me, I kid you not, almost an hour, an hour to set everything up. So sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's been great. So um, yeah, my name's Dan. I We have the YouTube channel called What's Inside. My son and I started it about six years ago with the second grade science project. He wanted to know what's inside of sports balls. And so I cut open some sports balls, put it on a poster board with him. He took it to school, did the school project. I filmed it so that he could get like bonus points from the teacher by saying, if you want to see this, if you want to see my dad cutting these open, you can go to my YouTube channel. And that was before kids were like, I want to be YouTubers. Yeah. And so- What year was it? This was 2014. Okay. And so from that project, um, about a year later, we made like $4 in ad revenue in one day. And I'm like, whoa, $4, Lincoln. What if we could make some extra money for college or like your church mission that you go on when you're 20? And uh, and he's like, yeah, sure, dad. Let's I'm like, we, we'd have to keep cutting things open though. And I'm not really good at it. And he's like, no, let's do it. So anyway, we started, I started researching everything I could about like the search engine optimization on YouTube and like how to be successful on there, how to get your videos viewed by people, thinking that we just throw them out there and like people would watch them they'd bring in revenue, but we wouldn't really have to like connect with people in a way. And then after we hit a thousand subscribers, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was like four months after we decided we're going to try to be YouTubers. Um, we went out to ice cream, celebrated, so happy. And then um, the next week we hit 2000 subscribers and we were like, this is so many people. We need to start like talking to them and trying. And then we also thought like, if anybody can cut something open, if we're going to do it, we need to make it, do it in a way that people will come because of the thing getting cut open and then hopefully they'll stay for us. So yeah, so. that's the key. What people don't realize they, they start making content because, oh, all these other people do it. Let's do tech. Let's do this. But people are going to stay for you, yeah. you know, and that's so huge. And I think that's what people forget. They're like, I have a great thumbnail. I have a great title, a great topic. Mm -hmm. But you also need to f give them a reason to stick around. Mm -hmm. So that and how many subscribers now do you guys have? So now we just hit seven, seven million on the main channel last week. So that was a good milestone Congrats. and thank you. And then we have a second channel that has about 1.5 million, our family channel where we just cut, it's more random. It's not cutting things open. It's mm -hmm. just whatever randomness we want to post on there. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride and so much fun. Been doing, done most of the videos with my son and with my family. And, and it's allowed me to step away from my old job as a pharmaceutical sales rep for 12 years. It was a great job. I loved it. But um, now I get to spend more time with family, which now with this year, of course, it's been nice where Things have changed, of course, in the world, but um, I've still been able to be home with the family mm -hmm. and spend good quality time with them. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. And things have been expanding, you know, team members 
you guys are not just YouTube, but you're on all of the social social medias. And I, I totally forget what was it Vid Summit or where were we where we had the same airplane seat next to each other and we when was that was last know. year, a year ago at Sony Camera Camp. Sony Camera Coming Camp. Coming back from okay. Montana. Yeah, things that are just so blurry. But <laughs> I, I sat there and essentially picked your brain on everything. And so it's really exciting to sit down with you and also sit down with you because I feel like um, there's been there's so much besides YouTube, right? It's yeah. how do we take one 10 minute video and put it on Facebook? But oh, when you put it on Facebook, it's different. Does it have to be square? Does it have to be captions? Is there an entirely different strategy behind it, right? And and what's inside content is, it's it's fun to watch, but it can appeal to anyone. And that's why I think it's, it's so great that you guys have been expanding to these other platforms. So introduce yourself and also what you do for what's inside, but I would love to ask you about all of the different ventures that you guys have been doing too. Yeah, so my name's Hunter. I uh, worked at What's Inside for the last three years, and it's been quite a ride. And when I got brought on to work with Dan, he was specifically like, we need to build up Facebook. Monetization will come in the next year. And I came from the ad side of things, but I'd never done things organically. So at the beginning, it was a bit of a challenge. But now we're averaging over 100 million views a year on Facebook organically. There's wow. no ads done whatsoever. And uh, we just passed 900,000 followers on there. We have a second page called Electric Cars. And that's the reason why we're, we're in New York mm -hmm. is because we're going to drive a Tesla from New York City all the way to L.A. as fast as possible. And it's been great building up that presence on there as well. And um, I think the biggest thing is Dan is the expert when it comes to YouTube. Like, obviously, he's built like two massive followings on two different channels. But Facebook is like a whole different beast. Like it's a whole different audience and we had to. It's almost scary when you're on the outside. <laughs> and cause I completely went off Facebook probably five years ago. I just deleted my personal Facebook cause it became about ads and my grandma screaming at people. Like I, I don't need that, <laughs> yeah. right? But there's such a, a need for video content once they started, you know, they're doing ads in different ways that the the platform, oh my gosh, it like craves the type of content that I feel like YouTubers make. But like you said, it's a little different, right? Yeah. It's also a little frustrating as a YouTuber when you've been successful and you get a certain number of views per video and you know how things work. It and then you post everywhere. it on there and you're like, I haven't hit a thousand views and like it's been three days on my video. So a lot of YouTubers will just say, I'm done with this. I'm just going to stick with the other platform and stuff. So that's kind of where Hunter has come in and helped us like do the things that I don't know what to do on Facebook to make it work properly. Not like you're gaming the system in any like bad way. It's just, there's just like with YouTube, there's things to do on Facebook there. There's also things to do. It's just a lot of people maybe mm -hmm. don't know that side of it as well. Yeah. So Hunter school us Facebook. What's the deal with Facebook? I think the biggest thing with Facebook is people give up too quickly. They post it the first time, like Dan just said, like after three days, we only got a thousand views. But the best thing about Facebook is you can repost your video as many times as possible and it's another time at bat so you don't need to hit a home run on the first time so for example uh, Dan made a video called what's inside a Tesla tire um, it did 10 million views on YouTube and three months later we we brought it to Facebook it did 3 million views on the first time which is really good but I scheduled the video to be posted nine times within three months and and the thing that throws me off like on youtube when you repost a video it's like you take the entire video you upload it and you go live with it mm -hmm. on facebook you just take your original video post and, and it you, carries over the stats yeah right? and you share it again mm -hmm. with same same captions or different based off of what you want but yeah. yeah and on the ninth time it did 28 million views within two weeks and 
to this day, <laughs> it averages right around like an additional 500,000 views a month just by itself. And so that's the thing with Facebook is you can build a really great uh, audience just by continuing to repost one video what time the, after what time. What was the other video that did really well on there? Is it Mexican okay. jumping bean? Right? Yes, this is my favorite one. So um, I lived in Mexico for two years. So I was like, Cinco de Mayo, let's plan this out. And Mexican jumping beans aren't really known in the US. So Dan had this great video where he cut open a, a Mexican jumping bean. I won't spoil what's inside, but we posted it on Cinco de Mayo. It got 5,000 views in like a year. And I was like so disheartened, but then by the, the, that time next year, I reposted it again and it skyrocketed and did a million views in a week. And to this day, it's up to 15 million views. Oh my gosh. And so the difference between like YouTube and Facebook is like YouTube, you can skyrocket uh, or have zero views on one post yeah. and that's how it is, right? But on Facebook, you can continue to repost it time after time and it just reserves it up. But the biggest thing is the data collection. So what I've seen from our side is once it hits 50,000 views, Facebook knows enough about your video that it'll start to distribute it on its mm. platform in a more efficient manner, more comments, more shares. It just needs enough data to really do a great job. So when you are planning out the different times, mm -hmm. what is the is their strategy with, okay, Monday at 1 p.m., Tuesday at 3 p.m., Friday at 6 p.m. Is it the same time every time? Is is there a science to it? Or are you, are you really saying, okay, let's serve this up 10 different times. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so it really depends. Like, I think it depends on the season. So like this time last year, if we were posting at 10 o'clock at night, mountain time, which is midnight here in New York, it was crushing it. Hmm. That was the ideal time to post any of our content that was related to our electric cars page. It would do really well and pick up throughout the day into the next day. Um, but now our main times that we're posting is 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. So we post twice a day right now. Seeing what's what's working and not being afraid to adjust because it seems like things do change all the time, yeah. especially with YouTube. You know, obviously electric cars super hot and there's there's a niche there, and it it applies to a very general audience i think which is good and i think that's what youtubers have a hard time balancing between finding your niche but also oh man how many people really care about the new sony camera i think you've done a good job with that but how has the transition been from what's inside cutting things open who who knew that would be so popular <laughs> right. to then you know really pouring into the family channel sharing more of that the building a beautiful home in utah you know people seem to be interested in this stuff that you wouldn't think they would, right? but time and time again, yeah, people just Dan is out here crushing, crushing <laughs> the game. No, it's been fun. I mean, obviously, with every platform, it's like you need to be authentic and have fun. Mm -hmm. And we bought an electric car, and I loved it. And yeah. I published a few things about it, and it kind of took off. I'm like, well, let's make some more on it. And then once we moved and we did a couple of house videos, we're like, oh, people really want to be a part of this process. So that was fun. Um, when we talk a little bit about Facebook, like you were mentioning, like I feel like Facebook is a good place where there's so many groups and so many niches that are on there where I know for myself, when I want to learn about, um, when I want to connect with people and see what the latest news is, yes, there's Twitter, but I know within my Facebook group of Tesla cars that I'm personally involved in, like I'm going to learn all the things. We just sold our Sony camera in preparation for the Sony a7S 3 
my wife posted it for like a week and didn't get anybody because it was an expensive camera. It was like the A7R, I think is what it's called that we had. And, and then this week she goes, hey, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to, I joined this Sony camera group on Facebook and I just posted it in two of these groups. And within two days, we had probably 20 people that wanted this camera and they were wow. asking very specific questions, very intelligent questions. Yeah. And it always, it, it's just as funny because some of the videos that we published in the past, like we did a hamster video once. Who knows? I remember you telling me about the hamster okay, yeah. video. Yeah. It was like $300 for hamster tunnels. And on video, on YouTube, it did great. It was like one, it's still one of our best performing videos we've ever had from an ad revenue standpoint, mm -hmm. which is crazy. But on uh, on Facebook, it was interesting because this thing would get shared in so many hamster groups. And it turns out there are tons of hamster groups. And uh, do, you, of, do you know what these hamster groups are talking about? Like, is it I just bought one help? What do I need? Or do they talk just do they post pictures of their hamsters? I mean, as, as a yeah. person from the outside <laughs> who has never been on Facebook, my mind is blown that this might sound super naive, but that there's still people on there, right. you know? Well, the strategy in the beginning, and this was a few years ago, um, the strategy was we would go into these groups, Hunter would join, and he came to me with this idea. He's like, there's tons of groups, I wanna join the groups. So we join these groups, he joins all these groups, hamster groups, in, in preparation for this video to come out. And then as soon as it would come out, he would go into the groups and say, wow, look at this cool tunnel this guy built. And he would post the YouTube video, but then all of these people from Facebook would leave Facebook following our YouTube. Facebook doesn't like that, right? They wouldn't Leaving like Facebook? it, but he was posting it from his personal account. So it wasn't our What's Inside page. So it doesn't hurt like that side of it. And then they would go to the YouTube channel and then people that the YouTube algorithm would look at it and go, oh, these people like hamsters. They've never watched a What's Inside video ever. They came and watched this video and watched the whole thing and commented on it. And so YouTube would go and serve it up to more people. So like it actually helped our YouTube channel without having to pay for any push that way. Yeah. But then the best part about it was um, Hunter would come in. He's part of so many groups and he's like, yeah, I just got I just got kicked out of three hamster groups today. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, we so got, would they pick yeah. up on it? They would be like, oh, does this person work for what's inside <laughs> yeah. the hamster guy? I on it, I honestly think there was quite a few people in there that took their jobs very seriously as moderators okay. and like investigated where I worked, where I lived and like oh connected that. Like me and Dan worked at what's inside through my LinkedIn. Like they sent me screenshots, like everything attached to it. And I was like, wow, these people have the wrong job. They should be in the FBI. And <laughs> And it was like, it was intense, but the, but this was like three years ago when we started this out. And uh, to go back to your initial reaction, like it's a YouTube link, how is Facebook liking this? Yeah. Um, the reason why I came to Dan was like Mark Zuckerberg at the time, anything that he announces, you know they're going to gear everything towards it. Gotcha. So he's like, communities are everything. Groups. We're gonna build up everything around groups. And I'm like, Dan, this is just gonna have a higher priority in the algorithm. It's like reels right now. Like that's their baby that they're just promoting everywhere. So it didn't matter if it was a YouTube link, anything, they would just promote the heck out of it in the group. In Interesting. The, and their organic reach would be like from 50 to 80%, which is ridiculous yeah. when you consider fa a Facebook post organically usually does one to 3% with the following, so. Because I mean, that's what I was experiencing too. Even b before I did YouTube, I mean, I canceled my Facebook account, I think senior year of high school. So wow. it was before YouTube. I just saw, I was like, I'm seeing the same four people when I'm friends with 800 people. This makes no sense. So it was already annoying just as a normal user. And I can only imagine how annoying it is for people who, I guess, 
make videos specifically for Facebook, but now it seems like it's more of the Instagrammers, more of the YouTubers who see Facebook as a, hey, let's get to the point where we can monetize and then we're not gonna be upset if we're beholden to the algorithm because it seems like everyone has come to terms with that, that Facebook just organic reach is terrible. But then you have to find those moments where, oh, this might explode. And you just keep posting as much content as possible for those moments. Um, Because people don't know, but Facebook has now their own Google AdSense. That I'm sure is a great stream of revenue when you're clocking millions of views on hamster videos. Yeah, that Facebook ad (laughs) revenue is good. It is. And And that, that's the one thing I think Hunter said at the beginning is that our views are not, are they're organic. We don't pay to put them out there. And I think there's a lot of strategies that just go into go into getting those seen by people. Um, one of the simplest, I mean, some of it sounds so simple to people, but like just communicating with people. If somebody, if somebody shares your post, it's pretty easy. It takes some time, but to go in and actually respond to the comment on their share on their own, on their own feed. And then when they go in and say, oh yeah, of course, like you're like, thanks so much for watching it. What was it that you liked about this or something? They'll respond to you and it shows back up into their own personal feed again. And so doing little things like that, it take time, but it really does pay off because then your, your, your posts can start getting seen more organically to, by, to a bunch of different people. And so, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I think Hunter's done a great job with is just getting our stuff seen that we don't have to pay for it because I am a little cheap with running ads on there and stuff. So Well, and it's almost, <laughs> I mean, it's almost the idea of it, especially when you're a content creator first. You're not necessarily, necessarily a marketer. You want your videos to be enough. You know, yeah, I don't right. I don't want to have to pay all of this money to the man that's Facebook and YouTube. You know, I'm giving you a gift that you can put your ads in front of quality content. Mm-hmm. And so it does seem like there there is a level of that. But then people do start out on Facebook. They run ads and they build up a little bit of a following. And then have you seen that successful with other pages, that type of strategy? Or does it hurt you in the long term? Well, I'll say on this level, like one thing that when we work with brands and they want to work with us <laughs> and with sponsored content, um, we'll we'll post it on the Facebook page and a lot of sometimes we'll make deals with companies to say yep. yeah you can run Paid it as media. an ad yeah and it's interesting to see what happens we know when these companies are running hundreds of thousands of dollars on this video because of, we're getting a lot of views on this on one video but the second that they turn it off our entire page everything just goes down and so we've been very selective we've learned a lot in the last year and a half working with three different brands in watching the stats from this it takes us sometimes it takes us a month and a half to get back that to that organic level and so it's financially even though companies will pay us to post it on there it it needs to be enough to really compensate for the downturn that we're going to have after yeah. they're done running the I ads. mean that is so fascinating cuz I'm almost the opposite where I still have a Facebook page I don't have a personal one anymore that's one that I deleted so the only time that my Facebook page will ever get used is strictly just for paid media for me because I kind of got the feeling and this has happened with YouTube or Instagram um, especially with YouTube because watch time is so important when you have a video that starts running as a pre-roll ad and oh that's like tanking your watch time that's overall affecting your actual channel Mm -hmm. and we know as YouTubers, if you have one bad thing go wrong, you're screwed. I mean, everything else is in jeopardy of tanking. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, it's such a delicate uh, tiptoeing that you have to do with branded content because, and that's why too, I'm like, okay, if you wanna do paid media, you pay me. You pay me lots of money because you're literally (laughs) putting my channels in jeopardy for the next deal 
yeah. for the next piece of content that I'm gonna post. So that's interesting that that affects Facebook too. For sure. You would think they would want you to spend money on their platform though. Right? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Like from, I remember we did two back-to-back -back branded campaigns on Facebook within a two week basis. And you can clearly see in our analytics, everything was shot from an organic standpoint. We were reaching millions of people because they were spending the ads, but our, our organic like monetization, organic reach, was just terrible and it took when the campaign ended it went from april to early june so two month basis it took me the full month of june going like all in to bring it back to what it needed to be holy smokes and that's you know something that you have to definitely negotiate with the brands and my frustration with that not with uh, facebook specifically but other platforms is the brand doesn't care and so when you try to explain it to them and you try to give specific instructions where like this has to turn off at this date, you can't do this, you can't do that. They don't care. They just want to they just want to spam everyone with it, right? Yeah. It's been a journey. Now I've just been like, is this a brand that I care about and I don't care if my face is attached to it? And they have to pay me so much money to where only do this a few times a year and then mm -hmm. that makes up for the rest of it. That's so weird. You think these platforms want you to spend money. I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook does change that. I mean, we, I know we brought it up before. Like that. Facebook, are you listening? So that would be great. <laughs> well, luckily we have a Facebook manager that we talk okay. to and they're very aware of that because I shared the data with yeah. them. So they, they've been really good about that and um, we recently did a campaign and I showed them again and they're like, okay, we're gonna get on top Good. of it. So um, it's not like they're unaware of it. They're trying to figure it out. They just don't know it why. It seems like a black box I at know. that point. Cause yeah. once you get so heavily into building an algorithm for over 10 years, that's what we've seen with YouTube, mm -hmm. things will go wrong. But YouTube's like, guys, we don't even know what's we going don't know on. We lever to pull over <laughs> exactly, here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so it's almost scary in the sense of, do they even do they have full control over these things yeah i don't know i don't know but which algorithm has been the most giving you think in the past couple years i think it's been interesting watching instagram change a lot um we we don't have the biggest instagram page and but it we're at like three hundred and forty-four thousand followers but it's been interesting because once IGTV came out, we just started doing cut downs and posting it, even though we didn't make money off of it. At first I was against it. I'm like, we're not, mon I'm not giving you my content that is, it, that is. Because they'll still run ads on here. it. Yeah. yeah, they're making money off of it, but we aren't. But then we started, they were focusing on it. So we started posting it and our viewers, like we started gaining thousands of subscribers, thousands of followers, I guess on Instagram. And it really picked things up. And now they've turned that off over the last, three weeks or so. Now that they have reels, now it's doing the same thing. We just, just today we posted a reel and within two hours it had more views than pretty much the same type of video that we published a week and a half ago. And, and so reels is kind of the thing right now where a lot of people are posting on there and they're gaining a lot of followers because that's what's on the page, explore the explore theme. page. You see a giant reels right there. So, so that's another transition. And and you know all the platforms are going to change and rather than get too frustrated with how they all run it just we just to try to say all right what should we do yeah uh, what are you pushing <laughs> how can we work it because you you get in one lane and then you think you're good and then you just have to continually evolve that's one of those things where i've come to peace that okay i do a few things really well and i'm going to incrementally if i can like build my team up and make this a thing you know we'll take it one step at a time but i've started to just be nicer to myself because when you watch a Gary Vee video and you're like, okay, I got to make like a bajillion pieces of content a day. <laughs> I got to put it, it can be depressing 
when you can't follow through with that, right? You know, I don't have 10 editors like the Gary Vee does, but lots of things to say about that. But it's, it's great that you've been able to build up, you know, a little bit of team. You have editors. I mean, you send off your videos to across country, right? We have. So my, our main editor is in Utah. He lives five hours away from us. And even when we had an office that was 20 minutes away from his house, he still just worked from home. Yeah. I bought him a really nice computer. He has, I pay for really nice internet at his place. And then we just get him the footage and he does an amazing job. And so that's been really helpful. And then a lot of our TikTok videos, um, that was kind of a project that a year ago, like this time a year ago, Hunter's like, hey, this TikTok thing's really taken off. I'm like, Hunter, I don't have time. Kind of like you're saying, like, <laughs> yeah. I barely have enough time to film the video that I Let need to me film. Live, Hunter. I don't know that we can do TikTok. And he's like, well, when I have spare time, can I go? Because I'm like, you're already doing Facebook. We're, we're, you're doing brand deals. I think we have enough. And he's like, just if I have spare time, let me do some cut downs and do some of your old Instagram stories and just repost them on there. So um, that kind of took off. And he does the editing for that and basically takes our Instagram stories or like cuts down our videos and puts them on there. And and it's manageable. It's been great. So now the new thing is YouTube stories. Yeah. They're YouTube shorts. Sorry. YouTube shorts. Yeah. It's something they just announced about three or four weeks is, ago. Guys, yeah, it's another me. new one. And it's the jury is still out whether it's going okay. to whether how much they're going to push. We'll into let you it. know here in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. But, so what is it? Mr. B started on there about a month ago when it first came mm-hmm. out. And so did like Collins Key. And basically when India shut down TikTok, mm. <laughs> they YouTube from what I'm seeing, um, I don't think they said this in their press release, but they saw an opportunity. TikTok's not there. Let's make a, a platform similar to it. So they're working really hard on the app to make an app very similar to TikTok to where you can hmm. do the different things. But for now, if you put your video in vertically and or the same way you would on, on like TikTok or Instagram stories or Instagram reels, and then you just put a hashtag inside of your description that says hashtag shorts then it should feed into the algorithm because they it, you'll see it when you're going down the the main yeah. your main page on i just there. thought that was their stories it'll, so say, is this story, something it'll say stories and shorts sometimes so you'll see the new branding thing. so that's what they're mm-hmm. trying to roll out so they're oh. they're distinguishing between stories what you'll see is it's a uh, rectangle with a bubble is your story the rectangle that doesn't have a bubble is a short so you need to un- identify that they're teaching you there's a difference between the two over the next But are they months. both still 15 second increments? No. Okay. So the story the stories are 15 seconds. The shorts are up to 59 seconds. Okay. And so it's them testing uh, out the Interesting cuz that's what was yeah. annoying with Instagram uh, reels is is it still at 15 seconds? It's at 30 now. Okay. So they rolled it up to 30. Still though, just go to a minute. Just yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, Every, yeah. You're already copying TikTok anyway. That's like what I was just saying. go all in. That was my frustration <laughs> is I was like why are you just doing all Yeah, right. anyways. And so the tricky thing is I don't really want to put that on our main channel and so what Mr. Beast did, I, the reason why I even came across it, I did see the press release my partner YouTube partner manager sent it to me about the shorts, but I didn't think much about it. And then I saw the YouTube trending page and Mr. Beast was number one with his main channel he was like number seven with his gaming channel and then he was number 15 with his mr beast short shorts i think they call it shorts yeah, just right shorts. Mr. just shorts and so i'm like that's what is this shorts thing and i looked at it and sure enough he's just posting that on there so we've started a separate channel and we it, all it is is the shorts and that's it so do, do they keep that live as like a video after it's, you're it's, done you basically upload a youtube video same way you would and you just as long as you put that in the description that hashtag shorts it should feed into it. We haven't seen as much organic push from the hashtag that they tell you to use, but well, they're, you, they're working on it. <laughs> you would 
you would think because youtubers are already so precious about what they upload right they do they really expect people to upload a minute video on their main channels I, like no, that and, and i the, they did say recently i don't know this public our partner manager did did tell me that it doesn't affect your watch time if you do put a short one on there on your main channel but i feel like I'm not going to risk it because the notifications that go Again, out, if somebody yeah. gets used to these short videos and then you post your main one, they maybe mm -hmm. they think it's another short one. They're not going to watch it. Oh, so anyway, it's another tricky thing, but it is interesting. Like everybody's going in on that and we'll see which one's successful. But I don't know, kind of like what Gary Vee says where he's like, yeah, if all the platforms go away, it's fine. I'm going to find the next one and right. go on. So we're trying it and we'll see. We already have <laughs> and the same things. we're over here like we'll we're so exhausted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that is so fascinating. Yeah, I don't do the best job with keeping up with that stuff, but it's when things are working, it's almost like, oh, I don't want to, you know, again, pull that lever and all of it just disappear. But it's fascinating to see everyone try to grab the TikTok market. And but you guys, you guys have gone from zero to what did you say? 800,000 on TikTok or 1.6 million. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. 1.6 million <laughs> you're good. You're good. on TikTok. You're good. And so when you're making those cut downs, because, you know, you see two different strategies. One is super native content it's the kids out there who are just really good at TikToking, and they do it all in the app and they use the music and they use the tags um but then other people are repurposing videos from other platforms how can you make videos that are maybe originally posted on facebook or youtube how do you make that fun and native to tiktok are you going in and just doing editing the video but then uploading it to tiktok and using the native music tools so it knows that oh like wait you know this is audio from tiktok so this is more of a tiktok tiktok not a upload and send i know i'm saying a lot of words but you probably understand what i'm yeah, trying to no, say right so what's, I, what's the strategy behind the repurposing for tiktok yeah, like our whole goal going in was sticking to what Dan has done best, like with his best videos and just staying true to himself. Dan, unfortunately, cannot dance. He is no Charlie D'Amelio. That's so disappointing, I Dan. Know. That's surprising. but hey. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I just came in and said, let's edit the videos just for TikTok. Let's not use music. So 90% of the TikToks that we post aren't music. Okay. It's just our original content. And then... Let's stick to the education side. Hmm. Um, if you see in the Creator, pun, creator Fund, uh, they allocated $200 million of the billion dollars that they're going to spend over the next three years to education on TikTok, which makes you know a lot of sense. That's how I mostly use TikTok is I learn different things and I then send it to Dan and I'm like, we should make a video on this. So it's kind of R&D. But um, I just cut down our TikToks into either a three-part series or a, just a one-off video. So for example, we did um, what's inside a 30-year-old safe and published that to TikTok and it got 28 million views in three days. And part two got 4 million, but that like got us like 250,000 followers. And wow. um, ever since then, we've, we've been reaching this core demographic. But what's interesting is a lot of the people that comment on our TikToks, they're like, hey, that's Dan from What's Inside. That's mm. so cool that he's on TikTok. So it's like we're reconnecting to this That's audience cool. that we've built up. They're just on a whole different platform. So there's great support there. So you're editing the videos, but are you adding, because I've, I've seen that side of um, the educational side and it is pretty cool the way that 
people will deliver like a freaking essay in 50 seconds. It's crazy. <laughs> but you know, they're like pointing at text and they're using the green screen features. And when you get super TikTok-y, you know, it's like you're so immersed in it. So are you using any of those elements like the the text or is it just straight up? No. Just, so, okay. so we just start basically at the good stuff, if yep. that makes sense. We just get straight to it and um, go from there. Like I'll re-edit it. So it's like quicker, higher pace. They stop like flipping through the feed and then it really comes down to like a few different things like hashtags are really important you don't want to go for hashtags with one billion plus you like views it's really hard to crack Not too crazy but niche enough yeah, yeah so niche enough and then you want to start your own hashtag that's like the number mm. one recommendation so we started with hashtag what's inside from the very beginning so every time i post something with hashtag what's inside it'll recommend that new video to that audience that had seen those tiktoks before not a lot of people do that but it's basically you're natively tagging your videos so it gets recommended in the feed and didn't uh, something go viral that was what's inside and yeah. that helped us too <laughs> so, so yeah. it was another person yeah some other people did video. something with what's inside that hashtag <laughs> and it helped benefited us yeah wow. yeah um it was Everyone got like uh, these samurai swords and we're cutting open fruit really quickly. It was just like a huge trend. Um, it's like that game, that iPhone game. Uh, I forgot what it was yeah. called. Fruit Ninja or yeah, whatever. Fruit Ninja, yeah, Fruit Ninja, yeah. I'm already learning so much. We're not. We're only 30 minutes in, guys. Holy smokes. Okay, so Dan, this is probably a... Um, a selfish question, but how, how do I find a hunter? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I love the way that I found hunter too, because it's not traditional. Like yeah. we, I, I didn't have any employees yet. And I'm like, I really think that we could do something on Facebook. I would love to get somebody that maybe just an intern. That's it. Maybe just, I'll just get an intern. Brigham Young University is a big school, one of the top business schools in the, in America. And it's just like 30 minutes away from where we lived at the time. And so they had a job fair and I went in and I had like, I didn't have a banner. I just had like some what's inside stuff that I put out. And there's like all these big like accounting oh firms and companies. And, and then, then there's just me standing there. I'm just standing there. I've got my camera. I've got like <laughs> stickers to give away to people that don't have any idea what YouTube is. And then their advertising school is one of the top in the world at the time. And I had these students who would come up and they're like so quick to brag about, yes, we have, we were the best in the country blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so what YouTube channels do you watch? Like, oh, I don't have time for YouTube. I'm studying. I'm working hard at school. Like, okay, what do they teach you about social media in your advertising school? And they're like, we don't do much about advertising on social media. We do like, I'm like, well, what do you guys work on? TV commercials, billboards. And so oh, I spent a day listening God. to this. Not one person, I don't care if people know who I am or not, but I'm like, how does not one, one person yeah. not know that I'm the guy from what's inside yeah. standing here? If anything, just like say, hi, take a picture, but instead they're just like, all right, what do you do for work? What is this company? How do we make TV ads for you? Yeah, so I did a post saying, hey, I'm going to BYU to hopefully find somebody to work for me, to be an intern or something. And Hunter being, Hunter was at a school that's really small in downtown Salt Lake City. It was called LDS Business College. And they have a social media marketing degree. That's like a one year degree and but it's real world like you work with mlms and you help run their like he said he did paid ads he would run paid advertisements for these mlms which which makes wow. up like makes so 60 70 percent of their their money that yeah. they make these days is through paid advertising and he just commented on it he's like hey if you don't find anybody come on up to this business college we've got a social media marketing degree so anyway i called him on my way home like i reached out hey what's your phone number let's chat to talk to him he sets up five interviews with five students 
all five of them were better than anybody that I talked to at the big school that costs money, a lot of money. And a year you're the one so hard setting to get up into. the interviews. Yeah, and he's the one that like <laughs> wanted. I think I don't know. He was probably questioning a little bit how much he wanted the job, but yeah. I think he was. He was like, yeah, I'll I'll be good and I'll have integrity and like have a, have him interview other people. So then in the end, offered him a job, and then that quickly turned into all right. Why don't you stay for a year? And and then we've just kind of evolved together with the way things have run and started out as basically like an intern and now. We don't have a manager that manages our brand deals anymore, so we've taken it all in house, and Hunter manages a lot of that. So Amazing. it's been it's been fun. We like yeah. employee number one, and so Love anyway, it. that's I guess my advice on that is uh, obviously like there's there's schools there's a lot of good people that are out there, but if you can get somebody on an intern basis, but also find somebody that's doing some real world work in this and that's watched YouTube, mm -hmm. that was kind of one of my criteria. I don't care if it's I mean it makes anybody sense. that you watch. <laughs> You want somebody yeah. that, yeah, you, if, if it's some channel that I totally disagree with, with the way that they run things, I won't name any names. If they're fans of them, but they're fans of YouTube, like that's a big plus because yeah. it's easier to teach the other stuff once they have a baseline for totally. YouTube humor and mm -hmm. kind of that side of it. So anyway. Why, so why did you bring management and the deal flow in-house? We, uh, we, we had a manager that was really good for a few years and he's great. And it, we had, they had six people under their umbrella. And then after... After a couple of years, they started to expand and had like 30 YouTubers in there. And we started to see the connections that we had with brands weren't quite as good at that point. Like, cause you're, you would, you would push it off to your manager to manage those relationships. And then sometimes we'd see deals that we had that we'd send off to the management team and then we wouldn't hear anything back. And then an, another YouTuber would have the deal that's in the portfolio. And I'm sure they were not doing anything wrong, mm. but it made me think, how hard are they pitching us? Do they say, hey, do you want to work with Kohler? Say the people that do like toilets and sinks and stuff. If, if we wanted to work with them, would they say, hey, would they want to cut open your toilet? They're like, yeah, we don't want anything cut open. Do they move on to the next YouTuber or do they really come with a good idea that's like, mm. this is what we do. This is the experience. This is what we've done before smart, in this yeah. home space. This is what we'd love to do with your brand. And then if, if they don't want us to cut it open, then it's like, that's great. We have this way to integrate it that would be awesome. And, and then whether a brand happens, whether they say yes or no, at least we know that we were represented in a really good way and walking away, the brand will be like, these, whether they worked, if they worked with us, great. Hopefully we knocked it out of the park. And if they didn't, at least they can go, you know what, they were cool. We should I mean, go back to them another yeah. time if there's another product. That's so. so huge. And I can see how that can go both ways too. Cause then you don't have the serendipity of, oh, Joe Schmo with 5 million subscribers, that deal didn't work out for him, but maybe your manager would be like, hey, well, what's inside? So I imagine there's like two lanes of that, right. but when you're at the size that you are, I think it's 100% more beneficial to make sure that, like you said, you're being represented 100% like the way you want to. And there's none of that. Cause I've, I've experienced that before and it's almost like a, I don't know, half of it is, ah, it's just the way the industry works, right? But the other half is, if you have the time and the ability and already your own employees to do that, then like, why wouldn't you, yeah, right? And the, the first few years of being a YouTuber, it was super overwhelming. Talking to a brand and yeah. saying, here's our rate. That was a scary thing. Yeah. I, if, if they ever said no, I was always afraid. They're gonna say, man, that dad on YouTube, he seems like he's so nice, <laughs> but then he asked for all this money and then yeah. didn't, wanna, didn't wanna do this or that. But now I'm more comfortable with like how to negotiate. And I'm, I know I'm not asking for too much when we were reasonable in the way that we'll ask for things. So it's, it's definitely, managers are not bad. They're not, they're, they're, they can be really helpful and there's a lot of really good ones out there. But, um, but you get to but a yeah. certain point of growth and you know, sometimes things just make more sense. And 
finding a manager that is vouching for you hardcore and not just saying yes or no, but expanding those deals to something more. Because I mean, I think that's half the job is, okay, you want to do an Instagram post, but how about we talk about a YouTube, Instagram and Twitter post? And how about we like triple that rate? And how about we, you know, the job of a manager is to take this little idea, this little outreach from a brand and, and turn it into more or because this is what I've done recently, just make it simple, easy. And I'm like, I only want to do majority of my stuff is like integrations. I got to, we got to slow down a little bit on the big campaigns because I need to, I've been recalibrating and hiring all this stuff. So now for me, it's kind of like more plug and play, like what Linus has been so good with, you know, with his channel and that two minute ad, I'm going to make it great. Everyone will be happy. It's this fee every time. So you don't have to wonder like, oh, are they going to judge me? Like, no, like this is a fair fee. We're all going to be happy. (laughs) Yes or no. And then move on. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So it's it's almost like time and place. I feel like YouTubers are always in different modes of their career. And it really is, you know, when you're doing these huge campaigns, it's all encompassing. It is. And I I love when you can work with a brand and not just once, but multiple times where it's like, let's create a relationship where we do really well on this one. And then let's do five more videos in the future because I love your product and it integrates naturally into our thing. Sometimes if you have a big firm that's representing you, it's very easy for them to say that one of the first questions I'll say is, how much is your budget for this campaign? Yeah. And they're not going to just, yes, you'll get the brand deal, but the entire team of whatever organization might get so much that maybe that company's kind of wiped out for the next quarter or two. Yeah. But no, if you're working directly yeah. with a brand and helping them grow, then they are, they're going to be pumped that you did such a good mm-hmm. job for them and you can get some more after that, hopefully. 100%. And I think you nailed it on the head, like to expand it into Instagram, into Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like we know what's working best and um, especially me behind the scenes knowing our analytics like hey this is a great opportunity like we work with a, a company named purple and like I have direct relations with them I'm like look this is really hot right now like this opportunity here and they're always open to hear it and sometimes they're like yes let's do it um, and it's been great yeah. to just and being work. proactive I mean that's the huge thing is like hey this is happening right now and that's what I saw in 2016 2017 once I had this <laughs> super crappy MacBook Pro and I was having these experiences I was like oh my god this is terrible um, and I hadn't been over to Windows land in a while and it really worked out where Intel came along and was like hey you know like Windows laptops don't suck anymore but turning one video into like literally two years of videos and and being able to have them a part of my journey where they were also providing me laptops so I can find a new laptop and make it, you know, super story driven. And just like you said, I think it helps when you're proactive and you say, hey, this is a part of a bigger storyline or this is a part of a bigger campaign. This is what we're doing on TikTok right now. This is what we're doing on Facebook right now. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And the, the brands, the marketing people, they have a hard enough time like figuring out what to do with their yeah. job. If we can come to them with a solid idea of integration that works for both, mm-hmm. it's like a win-win. Like, yes. They would love that. It makes their job easier and it makes, and we have have a fun idea to go with it so sometimes that can be lost a little bit if you don't have the manager that really understands like everything that you're doing in your on your channel so yeah. and then the flip side of that coin is we're helping them we're like look this is a huge opportunity right now you should get on this this and this i remember i was talking to purple and i'm like you should post something just simple to TikTok, and we'll just uh send some viewership over hmm. and their video crushed it and they're like how can we work on this I again i love that so, purple mattresses, by the way, right? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah, talking purple about? Mattress. Yeah, purple mattress. And there's there's so much more that you can then do with that too. Have you guys ever considered like 
I mean, you're busy enough, right? <laughs> but some arm of like consulting, whether it's with brands or creators or just, you know, making like 10 other hunters to go out and help people. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've looked into cloning. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a yeah. little more difficult than you okay, would think. Okay. We're hoping Elon Dang Musk it. will help out with that. Exactly. Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah. <laughs> we can just put my brain in like 10 droids Man, or something. Yeah. I mean, that, but on like a side note, small side note, like we, after not having a manager anymore, that did expand it to where they, we do have a lot of friends in YouTube space that are looking for brand deals. And so um, we do help some YouTube creators like with their brand deals, but it's not like we're we're an agency or doing anything like that. It's mostly like our close friends. If there's a really cool company that we work with and they're looking for a couple others, let's be like, hey, would you? Wh what about this YouTuber? I bet they could do something cool. So it's been fun to help out some of our friends that are YouTubers and bring some cool deals to them. But But yeah, we're still still on the inside working on what's inside so. well i mean <laughs> hey you have when you find talented people and a good flow and good content you want to just keep yeah. doing that there so how go. has building a new house and doing all the things it was a, and yeah dan i have to ask you this question yep. why did you invite strangers into your home <laughs> we didn't just invite a few strangers <laughs> we invited of course the internet world right right but um yeah that is a great question because i was watching that and i was like this beautiful home yeah so and you're gonna have like yeah, the entire 26,000 people came through our house in a 10 day period. 26,000. Oh so a very, okay, the very state, valid actually. question. Yeah, yeah, of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. So, first of all, my wife is very cheap with thrifty, I should say. I don't know. She just wants to get a good deal. And when we decided to build our house, we found the lot, we found everything that we wanted to do. And we already knew we were going to be sharing it with the world on YouTube. We didn't know to what scale, like how many videos, if people yeah. really hated it, or if it seemed like we were like bragging the whole time. I didn't want it to be that either. But um, we also, we had some brands that wanted to work for from us, work with us for our house, like different awesome brands like Kohler put in like every toilet, every bathtub, every faucet, every little thing. Purple Mattress gave us all of the beds for the house. Like there's some really cool brands that just like budget blinds. They did like all of the smart I shades. Love those, yeah. So I can just I say that like, video. yeah, I was like, oh, one day when I have a house, <laughs> <laughs> they just open and close for you. And so, but, it, but our builder was like, we said, what's with the parade of homes? You always have a parade of homes in our small town. We, for 15 years, every year it's in February, we drive down from Salt Lake and we just go look through the beautiful homes. Cause we're just like, oh, it's nice to get out of the cold weather. It's sunny where down in Southern Utah. And so he said, well, a lot of the vendors will give you like 55% off or 60% off of your appliances or off of the services that they do if they know it's a parade home. And I'm like, oh, and then my wife heard that and she's like, yes, yes. we need to do this. Okay. And so, I mean, that makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> so between YouTube and between um, just the parade of homes, there was a lot of brands that we would tell them about the parade of homes and we tell them about YouTube and they wouldn't give a rip about YouTube. That made no value to them. But they're like, yes, Parade of Homes. We will Interesting. Yes. And is this unique to Utah, Southern Utah? There's Parade of Homes all over. Like that that concept is around. Okay. But but even like in Salt Lake, they have it, but nobody ever goes to it. This gotcha. one is just for some reason Super is a popular. magnet. And people come from the Las Vegas, Nevada. They drive out from California. And it's it was a super yeah. foreign concept to me when, when I saw it. I was just like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. And I'm I'm from Texas too, where there's a, a ton of, you know, beautiful homes beautiful where I feel there. like every, as a kid, it would, every Sunday after church, we would go look at houses. Oh, but 
as a 10 year old kid, that was torture. <laughs> but my parents were having a ball, right? Of course, we've lived um, in the same house for 20 years, but that was the routine. But I was so, yeah. I was still shocked by the parade of homes. The crazy thing is, so we did it for 10 days and we had, we had awesome people come through. I kind of set up shop in the RV garage where we have our golf simulator and I had like a little table. And as you leave, you go through the garage and then, then you're done. And then people would look out to the left and they'd see me out there. And if they knew us from YouTube, they could come see us. And we wouldn't like distract from the builder. It's really the builder and all the subcontractors. Like that's their moment to, they get, a lot of them get all of their sales for the whole year. Just wow. from that, like we did the technology that we have for our smart home. Every single light is connected. Every light switch, every, the, the shades, the blinds. Um, there's speakers in every room. We have like over $100,000 in speakers throughout the house. Oh, yeah. In the backyard, the there's 40 speakers. So all of that stuff, that company that did that, they gave us a good discount on it. And then they put everything in there. And then every year they're prayed of home that they're packed for the rest of the year because people come through and see it. But what was crazy is it ended near the end of February. And then COVID got big. Within two weeks of this thing ending of 26,000 people coming through our house, all of a sudden, everything in the world gets shut down. And now, can you imagine now? Like, I can't imagine now. I, I told my wife a month into this whole um, COVID thing, I'm like, can you imagine if we had 26,000 people come through now? There's no way. Think Like thinking of the germs and everything. But then it didn't seem, I mean, obviously from yeah. a privacy standpoint, but I didn't even think about the germs yeah. and everything. So yeah, it's a different world. Oh I, I, I'll be interested to see if they even do it this next year. Yeah. And, well, yeah. yeah, I feel like it'll at least be delayed a year. It has to. But I didn't even think about that. See, I was thinking privacy wise because you have right. such a big channel. But now with everything going on, yeah, the germs. Ew. That's it. So you <laughs> guys didn't get kidnapped. So that that's no, good. And everyone we, was nice. Yeah, they, everybody yeah. was nice. and Everybody's been nice so far. Obviously, I still even get a little worried. Like people know where we live. Yeah. People find out where we live no matter what it seems like, no matter yeah. where you live. But um, but yeah, we have like. 30 cameras we've got a killer security mm -hmm. system so hopefully that here, helps folks, a little don't bit come, but... <laughs> don't come mess with them okay yeah <laughs> that's why apartment living i think i'm like i feel like i'm just going to do this until the end of time because whenever i mean i don't want to give people ideas but addresses are out there yeah you know and to my shock when i was like looking up something my previous brooklyn address was just on the internet hmm. and i'm like yeah. how how somebody on google went into our old house up in kaysville utah i looked on google one day and it just said as like a business location in the middle of our neighborhood what's the what's inside house and it was a business location wow. for our old house and i'm like all right one did you have yeah. people coming through we no that no we never had people come through just people just would randomly come to our house and just knock on the door and the previous the people that bought it from us they still tell us that people stop by all the time it's like some tourist spot. I'm like, what is this? It's not like Elvis's house or anything. We just <laughs> make weird YouTube videos. Inside. We just, just, they're like, that's where he threw the Tesla battery off the roof onto the driveway. <laughs> oh <laughs> like my the gosh. Dumb things we did there. That is so funny. Yeah. One time I had the only ever real issue. I mean, recently it freaked me out because John's out of town and I just had a package delivered or not delivered. So there's a phone in my apartment where the doorman will call. And it was a package delivery that was non-perishable, so they can't, they don't hang on to those types of deliveries. But it was at 5 a.m. And it was, so a non-perishable package at 5 a.m. I get a call, it woke me up in the middle of the night, it freaked me out. And the dorm was like, hey, sorry to bother you, but there's like a package down here for you. I'm like, I didn't order anything, like send them away, what the heck? And then of course, like once I woke up a little bit, I just sat there and kind of freaked out. Who has, you know, he checked the address and the name, who's sending me non-perishable food at 5 a.m. in the morning? Who delivers things at 5 a.m. in the morning? 
I don't know, random stuff like that. But then I had someone at my old office knock on my door in the middle of the day and it was just me in there. And it was these two, I don't know, like 16 year old kids who got into the building. And when I answered the door, they were just like, oh, oh, hi, uh, Sarah. Uh. And I was just like, what's happening? Like, yeah. what is going on? And in those moments it gets a little freaky, but yeah. it might be different if you were like right in the city of Salt Lake City. But like you yeah. said, it's kind of out of the way yeah. and everyone seems so nice there. And like Utah has guns, right? It's <laughs> a, a, it's yeah. a gun toting place. So yeah. you better not even think about it. <laughs> That's why in New York, I tried to order a, uh, oh, what are they called? Um, zapper things, a yeah. um, taser. Taser. I mm -hmm. tried to order a taser because I got freaked out for a moment. And you can't order them here. You can't. Oh, really? It doesn't ship to New York. I tried oh. to just get one off Amazon. And then a knife, like a certain pocket knives, not allowed to ship in New York. Whoa. And I'm like, you can't even get like point? the phone taser that looks like a phone. Interesting. We did a video with the taser once. We did what's inside a taser, it, but it, we couldn't call it a taser because taser is a very specific brand where they like shoot the things out at you oh, and they will take like your video down. And use. they're very, yeah, that brand is out of, I think, Phoenix, Arizona, and they're super strict. And oh, so I thought we it had was to, just a normal. I can't remember what we called it. Maybe we did call it taser. I think on you, the video first. you did run. We were super nervous though, because somebody, one of the, another YouTuber friend that I know, he got sued by them for saying taser when it wasn't an actual taser brand they were using. He got sued. Yeah. He had to change a bunch of stuff for it. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Have you guys ever encountered anything scary like that? Like getting sued or. We, one of the, we, we did a video on what's inside a safe and, but this was like, we went to Cabela's and I'm like, I, a lot of our videos, like we could just do stuff that's around the house, but sometimes I like to buy the thing that everybody's going to buy, have it be new so that it's, it's like real world and people can go, should I buy this or not based off of whatever video. So we go to Cabela's, I ask them what the most popular safe is. It's this $800, um, Liberty safe. I can't remember what the name was of it, but anyway. The Pro Vault, that's what it was. Pro Vault by Liberty Safe. And so we get this safe and we did this as a collaboration with another YouTuber channel called called uh, Studio C. C. They're like actors, comedians. It's like Saturday Night Live, but in Utah. Oh. <laughs> Studio C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super funny. Do they have different branches or is it just them? They, they broke they off now series? and now okay. they have a new one called. It's called JK Studio. So you have oh, original right. Studio C okay. cast left to make JK Studios. Yeah, but they're both. Yeah, they're the ones that did the the most viral video that they have is when the guys pretend like he's a soccer goalie and he gets kicked in the face by the soccer ball and he keeps blocking it over and over and his face is bloody and it was like one of the most viral videos of a few years ago. <laughs> have it's you hilarious. ever seen that? <laughs> I, I might have, then, but it's, yeah. it's so it wasn't real. I'm it assuming it looks so real, but it okay. wasn't. They yeah, did a volleyball funny. one since and he's like, oh, okay, keep it yes, at him. I've seen the volleyball yes. one. They made that. <laughs> That's them. Oh my god. So it's just these these guys, super nice, yeah. but they're like even skinnier than me like well like skinny and not muscles not muscular like like i'm not either and we get this safe and we put it in the backyard and we lock it up and we don't have the code and we're like all right we're gonna see what's inside the safe see if we can actually get into it and we're thinking this is gonna be like eight hours that we're uh -oh, just gonna take us to film easy. this thing uh -oh. we take an angle grinder just go right across it make this little square open it up there's like sheetrock inside we push it out and we're in the safe and i'm like okay that was the side of the wall i'm like that was a little too easy wow and so we're oh, like, that's not good. That company doesn't yeah, like to so see I'm that. Like, Let's try it a different way. Let's push it over. So we push it over. We get these giant yellow crowbars and it takes us a little longer. It's like six minutes. And we, we are able, the three of us that aren't that strong are able to prop open the door enough to break it open. 
And so about a, it, it did really well. The videos like kind of took off about a week into it. I got an email from like the owner of the company just saying, um, you need to take this down right now. You are exposing millions of people in the world to, you're teaching kids how to get guns out of a safe and there's going to be a tragedy and it's going to be all of your fault. I've talked oh to, my yeah, I put gosh. all that pressure on him. Yeah, he's like, I've talked to BYU, which they're the school that owned that, that, that people, the people that we collaborated with, they're like, their lawyers say that they can't do anything because the video's on your channel, but you must take it down. And I was like, I don't, if anything, I've had emails from people saying, saying thank, thank you for you. showing us that this safe is not the one for guns, maybe for documents, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, we'll get a little safer one for our guns. Like, it's not my fault that it's easy to get into your safe. Yeah. I had no malicious intent in making the video about their oh safe. Oh my gosh. Um, and I referenced, one of the things I referenced in the email to him is the other time that somebody reached out to us. Have you ever seen the loci bracelets? It's from here in New York. Mm -hmm. It's like these little beads that they have. And, it, and they're on one side, it's like this beaded bracelet. Okay. About five years ago, it was really popular. Like all okay. the celebrities were wearing it. On one side, it had a black bead. On the other side, it had a white bead. And one, the black bead had sand from... The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. So the lowest point in the world. And then the other this side of it had something with your energy. Yeah. The other one had water from Mount Everest that they would inject in with like a syringe and they'd have water from Mount Everest. So the whole point is like it's supposed to keep you balanced. And when you're at your lows to remember your highs, when you're at your highs, remember your lows to keep you balanced. And so all these athletes would wear them, celebrities. And so we, we, we bought a brand new pack for Christmas, uh -oh. five packs. We cut open every one, <laughs> not one drop of water. And I'm like, where's my Mount Everest no water in here? Way. And How then, did that go on for so long? And yeah, and so the guy reaches out and it was brand new out of the box. Like this wasn't like on their website in the video I show it, I'm like, on their website it says sometimes over time the water may go away or evaporate. But I'm like, this is right out of the box. They changed the FAQs within an hour of us pu publishing the video. I got an email from the the founder of the company, this guy in New York, and I was scared. This was earlier on in our YouTube career. I'm like, oh no, what's this guy gonna do to me? And he was like, hey, we saw your video and I'm so sorry there was no water in there. It must have evaporated. I'm going to our facilities in two weeks and we're gonna review the whole process. I promise you we put water in every single one. And, but I'd also like to personally invite you and Lincoln out to New York to see our headquarters and to see how we run. Like it was the nicest email. And then you disappear. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we disappear. <laughs> but we didn't, but I, I kind of referred to the Liberty Safe guy. I'm like, honestly, it makes me like, go with with these other guys with Lokai, we got offered $50,000 to make a video for one of their competitors that wasn't as big. And they do sand from like all seven continents or something okay. in each one of the things. And they're like, hey, we want to do a video. We'll pay you $50,000. You can cut open and you'll see that there's actually sand and you can do sampling testing on it to see that it came from that continent if you want. And it may sound crazy, but we turned it down because I was like, that CEO is so cool. He yeah, changed things. It goes a long way. He tried doing yeah. things for for good, and and we turned down fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars to cut open a bracelet, which is a lot yeah. of money. And with this Liberty Safe guy, after he threw that out there, I'm like, this makes me want to go like do videos on your competitors and show yes, how they're better, yes. just because of that's but. what people don't realize and how tight this community is too. It's not even just companies, but whenever also other creators kind of have a whack attitude about things and go things about the wrong way i i personally think that this is a very like nice generous community like maybe makeup youtube has their own thing that's like a whole different world right <laughs> but pretty much everyone besides that i feel like is very collaborative and nice and generous right but if you're gonna come like storm in here with an attitude or just like you know even if brands are just treating you like garbage like that 
oh, okay, you're now on the list. <laughs> and let's yeah. see how that, you know, that's so interesting though. Yeah. So did that ever resolve? Like, so he ended up after we emailed a few times back and forth, mm -hmm. then it kind of, he, he said, so, after I, I specifically told him about the Lokai thing and I was just like, hey, yeah. I, we're not gonna take it down. I don't think we did anything malicious. We had no intent of saying anything bad. If your safe would have been super tough to get into, we would have said that and we would have praised it. So anyway, he said a nice email back and kind of yeah. left it at that. But um, yeah, if you wanna hear one more story, I've got one more about it. Yes. It's kind of funny. So this this one's one of my favorites. Um, have you ever seen, you don't have kids yet, so, but not you yet. probably have seen the Elf on the Shelf. Have you seen that before? Oh yes, oh yes. Okay. So, it's not that new. I mean, within like what, 10 years maybe, mm -hmm. but these, I think it's these two sisters out of like North Carolina or somewhere wrote the book and they came out with the elf on the shelf and it became this thing. And I really want it. It's, it's super fun. Kids think it's magical. Like every night it disappears and it go, shows up somewhere else in the house. And so I really wanted to do a video on this and Lincoln was still pretty little. And I'm like, Hey, can we do what's inside an elf on the shelf? Cause somebody's going to do it at some point. Might as well be us. And he's like, no, I, that would be mean to the elf. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So we wait another year and I'm like, hey, Lincoln, do you want to do the elf on the shelf? Like we could get a new one from the store that hasn't received a name yet and hasn't flown to the North Pole. That is a little traumatic. Cutting, <laughs> and he's cutting like, open elf on yeah. the shelf. And he's like, yeah, let's do it, dad. So we buy this elf and I tried to make it really nice. But anyway, I cut it open with the razor blade. There's like little white BBs and all this stuff and like stuff inside of it, some sand. And we just kind of made the video and talked about it. The and then I went to make the thumbnail and I usually just do a screenshot that's real from our video. So it's not like we're clickbaiting people as much. And I didn't realize that I stuck the, the thing right in its butt when I went to cut it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, why did I start there? That's where I cut. But anyway, we published that video and um, we had a few things happen. We It, it took off. Like it was on the trending page. Yeah. It got like three or four million views in a day or two. And it was a fun video. And I think I was really good about it. I was like, this one doesn't have a name yet. It's still good. And then I got lots of emails from moms saying, you've ruined Christmas and uh, my kids can't watch your channel. It was a safe place where we'd let our kids watch anything on your channel. And now we, you and Dude Perfect were the only clean channels that we'd say, watch what you want. And now we can't do that because my <laughs> my four-year-old came in crying and bawling that you killed an elf. So that oh was, that. I felt gosh. bad about that. But then we got an email but from the- But at the same time, yeah. get it together, parents, I'm, okay? It's a freaking stuffed- <laughs> It is, I'm like- you know. They believe in Santa. They'll be fine. You can tell yeah. them they are. You yeah. can figure something out. But so then I got an email from an urgent email from the owner, like the sister that started the company. And she's like, I need to talk to you now. What's your cell phone number? Um, I started this company. And anyway, and she was so persistent, like every couple hours emailing me. And it's it's I looked it up. It was like hundreds of millions of dollars they've made. So it's a big it's a big business. But then so we I got I talked to her on the phone and She's like, you're ruining Christmas. Like this will, ne Christmas will never be the same. And I was like, well, it, when I grew up, there was no elf on the shelf and Christmas was great. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't say anything bad about the elf. All we did is cut it open to, as an educational you thing. Christmas, Dan. <laughs> She's like, you have to take it down. What can I do to have you take it down? And it's just like this whole discussion. And anyway, we never took it down. And still oh. up to this yeah. day. It does well every Christmas. In December, oh. it does pretty well. We still get a few emails every Christmas, but. Oh my gosh. And they're doing fine. There's, they came yeah, out with I'm like sure a new line of good. elves. They're good. <laughs> like what they're talking about is protecting their bottom line, not Christmas. Right. I'm like, Let's is it Christmas or is it the money? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like a, uh, I was a freaking four-year-old who, warning, if you're a kid who believes in certain things, Christmas, turn off this podcast. <laughs> but I figured out that Santa Claus was fake very early on. It was probably like three or four. 
because <laughs> my mom was just like, oh my God. Because I went and I was like, mom, I, I basically asked, I was like, like, are Jesus and Santa Claus like real? Like, are they friends? Are they buddies? Like, do they hang out? And she was just like, oh, I can't make Sarah think that like Santa Claus is just like an equivalent to like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so like there I was as a little kid who was just like, oh, okay, Santa isn't real. But guess what I did the next oh, day at school? Yeah. You told people. I told everyone. Yeah. So she got, oh, she got all of the phone calls. Yes. So I was that person as like a kindergartner. Yep. So yep. I think <laughs> if you're a channel, what's inside though? And it's like, you would think parents or, or people would know what to expect. And if you so. watch the video, we never say that the elf magic isn't real. <laughs> uh, maybe it's different. I think we even said like, maybe it's different after it, after the first night and it, you give it a name and it flies off to the oh, North Pole. Like I was very good about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But oh my gosh, we saw what's so inside funny. of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh, that is so It's fun. Funny. There's some fun stories with YouTubers, like the yeah. things that we see behind the scenes. But I like what you said about like when a brand is cool and or if they're not cool, how many times do you talk to other YouTubers that are that, that have done deals with certain companies before you do a deal? Like, hey, I saw you did a video Except, with this. Were they, they cool? Was, and they don't think that we talk to each other. There was a recent brand that was giving me a runaround. And, you know, I, I do a lot of brand work and I pride myself on like doing it well. And so when a brand's trying to pull my chain, like, do you think I have time for that? Like, no. And two, we talk to everyone. And so they were basically throwing out Pete's name, Peter McKinnon. It was like, well, we didn't even pay Pete that much. Why do you think we would pay you that much? And I go, okay. I text Pete. Hey, did you get paid more than this? He's like, uh, hell yeah. I got paid a lot more than that. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then I emailed them back and I was like, I texted him. <laughs> so it's either this or we're not going to do it because that's what I am worth. So it's one of those things where it's like, brands, if you're cool, and again, you got to do what works for you. So every integration isn't going to be, isn't going to work out. Yeah. But if you're cool, we will go above and beyond. And if you're not, like no one's going to mess with it. Like it's not, I don't know. It's so weird. And they do think that none of us talk to each other. Right. And, yeah. they, and the nice thing is if they do their jobs right and you guys do talk to each other and, and it's a good experience, then like Zach, Zach um, always works with Dan and they do collaborations. And Zach yeah. just did a collaboration with Purple. I know I'm mentioning them yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. But it's because Dan and Zach have this great opportunity to work with each other. And Purple's mm -hmm. like, yes, anytime yeah. they're both in the room, let's just say yes and do this. We basically that. did the same video too. We did like a tour of their headquarters to see what's inside of it. He had his spin, I had mine, but it kind yeah. of, it's funny because it turned out to be similar video, but they, they both did well and people I thought it was that. interesting. So yeah. yeah. And that's what's so important is everyone can put their own spin on it, their mm -hmm. own stamp of personality. Um, and yeah. especially just working with the creators. We don't want to be punks out. to the brands and we don't yeah. want to be like divas asking for too much money and have that persona. But we also don't want to be so undercut on pay and then exactly. also have so many like a laundry list of talking points that you need to do that hurt your video. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, I think this pod is going to be super valuable for you brand people out there. You agency <laughs> people tweet us. Let us know what you thought about it. Any other final thoughts that, hey, maybe they're YouTubers, Instagrammers, Facebookers out there. Any advice you have to them to expand their audience, grow their channels, live their best life. Hunter, I, think, Dan. I think think life is a little different right now with with what's happened in 2020. And um, we've cut back on some of our content that we've made because I don't want it to feel not authentic. So we can't we usually we travel a lot and we put a lot of stuff in our travel videos. But um, 
what I found is like, we just did a boring brick video. What's inside Elon Musk's boring brick. And I hadn't published in a while. And, and usually with the algorithm, it hates that, but the video got seen by people. And it was, I put more work into that than I've put into a lot of videos. It was just me. I actually researched stuff and I tried to sound smart to make it look good. It felt like a news story, but um, I do still feel like if you make good content in your own unique style and sometimes you go outside of what the algorithm might teach you because you're not publishing every week, I feel like more now than ever, you're going to get rewarded for it. I don't know if YouTube's let off the reins a little bit and said creator burnout is real and this is how we can help by not punishing you so bad when you miss a week. That has changed, I feel like. Yeah. And then also with COVID, it's like a lot of people aren't making as much content that, that they used to. So. Um, I don't know. Don't be afraid to try, try making, trying new things and don't be afraid to get into it. Even if your following is low, like we all start at zero, like we did on Facebook, like we have on Instagram and even YouTube. Yes, we had like a fairy tale story on YouTube that was, we didn't mean to become YouTubers really, but on the other platforms, we started from zero and, and there's things, if you hustle and look into the stuff that's publicly available, like you can find ways to get your stuff seen. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hunter, advice? Closing remarks. <laughs> I, you know, I think TikTok's just this huge platform that everyone's talking about right now. But what I love about it is you start at zero, but you can go from zero to like a million followers in mm -hmm. like a month and then use that following to go to YouTube, to go to Instagram. And it's it's huge. There's um, there's a few specific TikTokers that I, I think of that put so much effort into their videos and they're just starting on YouTube and they're not getting a lot of views but you can tell that they're having fun and you can tell that they're they they're putting so much effort into it and they really want this to work and i think everyone puts that effort into different things on these platforms and they just need to keep trying and doing it like facebook i i think my first three months we stayed at like thirty thousand followers when we started and we were there the first three months and i think total count was 20,000 views and I posted hmm. like 60 videos in that time frame and I'm like man we we just got to keep plugging away and now we're averaging over 100 million organic views each wow. year on Facebook and like building a new audience mm -hmm. like every week which is great out of curiosity what was that that from 30,000 what was that first thing that kind of did go viral um, one of the first things that went viral was uh, Dan filmed a video in Alaska with rubber duckies. It was a rubber so ducky race. The best. And um, the video crushed it on YouTube. But like on Facebook, I'm like, this, like what is this? This is going to be golden. So Dan went up to Alaska and he was with his family and there was this charity event my wife is from fairbanks alaska and every summer they do the this rubber ducky race where you you buy money for like three dollars for a rubber duck and it has a number and then they take this giant like loader thing and just dump them off a bridge into the river and then whichever like 20 arrive first with the numbers and there's thousands of these things you like you you look at the number and you win something and so i'm like let's just do this let's this will be a fun video too like just seeing the rubber duckies fall off under the bridge i'm like that's a youtube right there so we didn't think we were going to win anything. It turns out our duck was second place out of like, I don't know, 6,000 something Durber duckies. And so we won like free Alaska tickets, Alaska Airlines tickets and oh all these things. Gosh. And But it ended up being this fun video because not just because we won, but like we, it was fun without it. And then the fact yeah. that we won, I'm like, this is good stuff right here. So yeah, wow. so it was golden. Um, and for some reason it took off in the UK. The UK love rubber ducky races. And like, they were like, 
going back to the comments thing they were like commenting on there they're like there's no way he's going to win and then they update their comment oh my gosh he took second wow and um i would go in there and and um be what's inside and be like yeah it's crazy that we took second right like how did you how did you like the video how did you find it and they're like oh my mate over here sent it to me on facebook messenger and i'm like writing down okay sent through facebook messenger and i would just figure out what channels are people like speaking to and like it all comes down to shares right like on any other platform like you got to make your content so good that people will share it with their friends and family and um yeah rubber ducky saved the day and then it was hamster next the hamster video do you have captions on all these videos are they crop square or is it just straight from youtube yeah so at the beginning what we what we did was uh we did both we mixed it up now facebook just uh launched this post testing tool that allows it's amazing so you can basically take um your video and have four to five different versions of it so instead of betting on one horse for the race you have four to five and so we took um recently we took dan's uh 30 year old safe video because it blew up on tiktok it got the 30 million views or whatever i'm like oh we should post that to facebook i don't know why i haven't posted that use that post test tool and i did four different versions and this one version was one minute conversions that's a huge metric for facebook getting to the one minute mark and now it's at like 15 16 million views in the last like four months and it's just growing organically and so what worked the best out of what different type so of you content? can you can um it was square yeah and i started off with black bars on the top and then dan uh cut to a new scene so then i went full square so okay. it filled frame and uh full vertical full vertical like, like square yeah. one by one um okay. so it's 2160 by 2160 yeah, yeah. So. and what's cool about the facebook tool is that you can put in four different thumbnails and yep. different things and then what it does is after mm-hmm. once you put in your like he said one minute yeah you're, yeah you're the key metric that's most key, important yeah. to you whether it's three second views one minute views long duration period you can pick whatever your key hero metric is and they mm-hmm. will when does it, it test it with your audience test it across facebook, facebook. and across. your audience and that you watches don't have it to but pay your audience for this? no and this then after free. the time as soon as it's the standard time it, it takes a look and it's like okay this one out of the four did better facebook deletes the other three and runs with that one Isn't on your that, channel it's you, it's like youtube having four different thumbnails running at the same time <laughs> people don't know it and they're wow. served up and whatever one has the best click-through rate it automatically just Choose, picks that one for you and deletes the other ones. Like, can you imagine if YouTube did that? Oh Facebook's doing it and it's well, pretty new. Well, that's what they but. did. Well, that's what they used to do for ads. I mean, that used to be the Facebook ad product and why people would love it so mm-hmm. much is you could test the different yep. markets and the different, but I had no idea that you could just do this with normal videos now. I, I love that you were like, did you pay for that? Like, well, yeah, because is that a thing? It's yeah. amazing. Facebook is working really, really hard. We work close with yeah. them and they're working really, really hard to bring creators in and build specific yeah. products. I mean, I'm guessing that's only for people who are part no. of the monetization program. No, it's no? it's everyone that has Creator Studio, which is any publisher or creator. Okay. Um, I don't so know you, if I have that. Now I'm like, okay, I need to be a part of it. What is this called? <laughs> creator like, Studio. Yep. <laughs> need to write notes. <laughs> Guys, so many so many things to think about. Thank you so much for sharing the knowledge. Yeah, thanks for letting us crash your Friday night. Of and course. Giving us a place to sit no, while our is car so, is charging before we it. drive for 45 hours. I know, okay, so where? <laughs> when are people gonna see this video? Because this is exciting. You know, 
when are we actually going to cross the finish line? That's the question too, if we actually make it, but, <laughs> we will. but no, it, it'll probably be a few weeks. So we put okay, it out. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this podcast will probably go live maybe four or five weeks after okay, I have so a back catalog. So now. it could be out. Yeah. So guys, make sure so to. So then here's the other mm -hmm. weird thing that I'm doing. So we're going to do it in the Tesla Model S. And then I have the original Tesla Roadster, one of the last 20 ever made, the one that Elon sent to space, like that kind of car. And it doesn't charge on the superchargers. And so you have to charge at like RV parks or like random chargers if because it won't charge on fast charging networks. And so after I do this one, this will be my baseline. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to drive that one across the country. So by the time oh, this is out, that'll fun. probably be out. But that'll probably take me a week just to get across wow. the country as fast as I can go. But after every 300 miles, 250 yeah. miles, I'm stopping at a RV park next to an RV in this tiny little car. So anyway, super random. We're always doing and random feel, things. That is so fun though. And I feel like you're pretty tall. Is that Roadster uncomfortable? It's so, yeah, it's, for a little, a it's a little tight. Trip too. It's a little tight. That's going to be entertaining to watch. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for letting us come. It's been, it's always fun. We've been yeah. friends for a few years now mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I've always it's wanted to come and hang out on the podcast. So, yeah, and New you. York is, is so weird right now. So it's fun. And also John's out of town. So I need friends, but I can't <laughs> hang out with a ton of people. So it's such a weird time. Uh, um, but it's been fun. So much knowledge was dropped, guys. Make sure to follow What's Inside on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, all of the places. Um, thank you so much for dropping the knowledge and make sure you're subscribed to That Creative Life wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the YouTube. Until next Monday, thank you for listening. Bye.